Recovery Sort Of is a podcast where we discuss recovery topics from the perspective of people living in long-term recovery. This podcast does not intend to represent the views of any particular group, organization, or fellowship. The attitudes expressed are solely the opinion of its contributors. Be advised, there may be strong language or topics of an adult nature. Welcome back. It's recovery, sort of. I get really excited when I do that. I don't know why. I am excited to be here, though. Uh, just to talk. I don't know. I've yeah, been looking forward. Too. So, Tradition 5, right? And I got to be honest, before we even get into Tradition 5, I really thought the Tradition episodes were going to be boring <laughs> as hell. I was like, are we, is this going to suck? Like, we debated doing these. Is it going to be yeah. terrible? And, and maybe it is to listen to them. Honestly, I don't know. But... <laughs> But the actual episodes for me have been great. I feel like my understanding has improved of the traditions, and I, I got a new grasp on some of them. We did get a little political in the first couple, I think. But Yeah, and, and I have enjoyed it, too. I always like talking about the traditions. I feel like there is so much more for me to learn there, you know, because you go to so many meetings, and people talk about steps, and you hear about steps and step meetings, and you're asked to speak on steps. You know, you just get a lot of information about the steps. Right. And the traditions are kind of like, Meh, people aren't that interested. <laughs> when I first was getting clean, a lot of step meetings also had a tradition meeting, like once a month or whatever, or, or they'd run through the step, then the tradition. Maybe not a lot, but at least some. It existed. I feel like that doesn't exist at all now. Like Very rarely do you see a tradition meeting anymore where they talk about it. And yeah. even then, people just told their goddamn story. They didn't really talk about the tradition. Yeah, because they don't know how to relate it to anything. Right. So in my home group, we don't even read the traditions. I don't... <laughs> I don't ever want to read any of it. <laughs> uh, and I don't know if it matters. We didn't actually introduce ourselves there. We just oh, went shit. right past I'm the introduction. Jason. I'm <laughs> in recovery. <laughs> and I'm Billy. I'm a person in long-term recovery. Good catch. All yeah, right. Let's thanks. get into business. Okay. That, too unfocused. All right. <laughs> Tradition five. May, right? Tradition five. Yeah. Each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. So I, I definitely do feel like we're, I'm having a harder time relating these to anything outside of a 12-step <laughs> fellowship as we move into these traditions. I don't know why that is, but each group has but one primary purpose, to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. I've at least relied on this in some group conscience decisions before in my life. So I, I've at least thought about this tradition once or twice. Yeah, it's it's pretty important as far as directing, I think, our home group and decisions we make there. Um, it's It's been talked about whether that applies to the service body or not, whether the mm. service body is considered a group. I mean, to me... It encompasses everything we do within the fellowship. Like that should sort of always be our primary purpose is carrying this message of recovery in all aspects of service, not just at the group level. Uh, and I'm sitting here picturing like does a dance, does an NA dance, does an AA, uh, do they have dances in AA? Do they do special events? Yeah. Do they? Yeah. That's so weird. What, yeah. They have they... retreats and camps and all kinds of stuff. I've been invited to some. I've never actually went, <laughs> but I don't go to that many NA like camps and, you know, those weekend like getaway. You know, I had a friend who was really involved in AA and they would do weekend men's spiritual retreats and things like that. And I've been invited a few mm. times. Do, do the AA dances, do they wear like poodle skirts and dress up like they're from the 50s? Like I don't literature? know about the dance. <laughs> 
<laughs> I'm just curious. Yeah. All right. So, but does the dance, does that serve the primary purpose? And that's the question. Because on one part of me says, hell no, you're just there having a good time. But the other part is, you know, I guess you're showing people that you can lose the desire to use and find a new way to live by having a good time at weird 12-step dances. Yeah. So one of the first things that becomes important is that, you know, identifying like what is our primary purpose? And in Narcotics Anonymous, we say that the primary purpose is to carry the message to the addict who still suffers. Well, what is the message? The message is that an addict, (laughs) any addict, can stop using drugs, lose the desire to use, and find a new way to live. Right. So now I don't know for sure if that's AA's message or not. not. I it's yeah, it could be something. Now I want to know. I don't know. (laughs) I don't I don't not have never been involved enough to know that. I've been to some meetings, but I don't know. (laughs) AA's message is that an alcoholic, any alcoholic, (laughs) thoust can stop using alcohol and be announced to thoust. And I have to be honest, I did, I read the Tradition 5 in the AA book, and it's terrible. Their really? literature is terrible. Yeah, I, and I'm sorry to offend AA people. The, pro, the fellowship is wonderful. We'd have none of this if it wasn't for AA and the Steps and, you know, Bill Wilson, Dr. Bob. Like, kudos to all of them. I appreciate everything they do. The literature needs a fucking update. <laughs> Art thou trying to carry the primary purpose in yeah. thine life? <laughs> When you're trying to read something in 2021 that has doubts and these and thys in it, it's like, what the fuck? Is this the Bible? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know what the aversion to updating that is. So the other thing in the... This is going to turn into making fun of AA literature. Is it? In Great. The, in the Tradition 5, it has a big story about a guy going into a facility to help another guy and how not getting bogged down with religion and money and prestige. It's it's just weird. It's the whole literature is very weird. <laughs> so if we say the message is that an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, lose the desire to use, and find a new way to live, does an NA dance? carry out the primary purpose of carrying that message well this is like every other tradition it's very debatable yeah and (laughs) it's meant to be i think open-ended and loose like so finding a new way to live yeah i can go out to uh whatever a a club or wherever this dance is and and hang out with a bunch of people and and be clean and sober an environment where there's not drugs and alcohol and all those things around and still have fun and be myself Mm. and and you know that's a new way of life i mean i don't know about you i wasn't doing a lot of that stuff i didn't do anything that didn't revolve around getting high and then whatever the other activity was was fine it could almost be anything like as long as we were getting high that's bro you want to smoke this joint and crochet sure (laughs) yeah Yeah, man it sounds cool let's eat acid you know, do something crazy, like, okay. <laughs> right, right. Sounds good. So, yeah, I could see that, like, learning you, hey, you can dance without being primed with alcohol first, or you can talk to people and socialize and be at functions without getting high. I think that's why dances are traumatizing to me, though, because it just reminded <laughs> me of, like, hey, when you're not getting high, you're going to stand on the wall like an idiot and not know what to do. Yeah, the other <laughs> thing with you know, this learning this new way to live is that's how you learn through those experiences. I mean, if you're not really that comfortable, you know, in your own skin or like you said, being being the person who's kind of the wallflower that stands back. I mean, the only way to kind of 
get through that is to have some of those experiences. And then maybe you figure out that's not for you. Like that isn't like, I, I don't particularly care to go to dances and stuff. My know. best self is not coming out of the dance. That's for sure. I, I'm not <laughs> right. doing nothing. I'm, I'm right. feeling awkward about not being able to, to really dance. Uh, I'm feeling awkward that I can't really talk because the music's too loud. And I probably check out the girls. And that's not really my best self. Yeah, but maybe you become a person, not you specifically, but right. someone else can go in and become a person that does enjoy, you know, figures out they like dancing or they like a certain kind of music and then they can really get into that. Like mm -hmm. having those experiences and going out and living a new way of life clean opens us up to new endeavors, new ideas, new prospects that we would have probably not come across had we been using. Or had we been focused on using? Yeah. And I mean, the, the pictures from the events, which I, this is a whole other topic of should you post NA event pictures on Facebook, but the <laughs> pictures make everybody look really happy. So <laughs> right. I, I guess they're having a good time. Yeah. Are there pictures of people not looking happy? I was just thinking about that. Like uh, a picture thing popped up on my phone. It was like memories of my kids and they were smiling and all of them. I was like, oh, good. I didn't ruin their day any of those days. But I'm like, did I just not take pictures when they were right. angry with me? <laughs> like, or they know you're taking a picture, so they fake smile and just right. get the picture. <laughs> huh. I don't know. Anyway, back to Tradition 5. Primary purpose, carried a message to the addict who still suffers. When this has come up for me in a group conscience, and I don't remember the specific instances of whatever we were debating or talking about implementing in our home group, but I definitely think to this when I'm thinking which way do I want to vote on a topic or how hard do I want to press to have these changes made, right? Like I I, I, I like changes in home groups. I join <laughs> home groups. I change home group names. I, you know, not all by myself, obviously. I'm not that powerful, but I, I petition or, or try to get people on my side because I don't like things. I try to change readings out. I try to leave readings out, all kind of stuff. And I always think like, is my purpose here to please me or is it, do I really think this is something beneficial for those involved? Right. I, I made my last home group a beginner step meeting because it seemed like people in the area were new, right? Like that's what they needed to hear. Steps one, two, and three. I don't know. I, I try to take it into consideration. Like what's best for the people walking in the door to, to hear the message, I guess. And I was lucky. I had an earlier sponsor that was huge into like that being the first question you ask if you're even at area service level, you know, wanting to make a new policy or wanting to make a change to a policy. If you're in the home group, you know, which was so that was the same guy that took a bunch of these readings out of the our format at mm -hmm. the time. We used to we used to only read like two or three things. He's like, if you were a new person coming in off the street. What of these readings would pertain? Who is an addict and why am I here? Like, and maybe the steps. And that's it. That's all we need to read. <laughs> like, kind of like what? And that was, kind of, I mean, just that was his right. his point was, you know, that. Like, we're we're bogging down the meeting with all these readings and we got 20 minutes of, of format and pomp and circumstance. And it, is that right. really the best way to utilize that hour's worth of time? And those things are discussions you can have. I'm sure some people would say that's the only real recovery you get in some meetings you know uh, yeah, which is definitely. can be true <laughs> but the the point was that was where the conversation should start you know what i mean how is right. this affecting our primary purpose and are we you know or, are the decisions that we're making here in alignment with carrying the primary purpose and you know so you don't get steered off 
you know, looking at other stuff. I know at area service, especially when we're getting into policies, like his opinion a lot of times was if it's a policy that doesn't, you know, carry the message or focus on, you know, the addicts who are still suffering, it's fucking irrelevant and it's stupid and we shouldn't even have it. That was, I mean, I was just, he's like, oh, we got enough with the traditions, you know, that guides us. We don't need a bunch of policies and procedures and guidelines for shit. You know, we have them. If it's, if it's going to carry our primary purpose, that's the only thing we need guidelines for. Interesting. So, and it, again, I don't know. I can't say that that's necessarily, I agree a hundred percent, but the idea was there that that was one of the first, very first questions you should ask when you're trying to make decisions, you know, focused around at least in this case, Narcotics Anonymous. Right. So let's get into some of what the reading had to say. Now, I will say the reading was relatively short for Tradition 5, and I felt like I pulled almost the entire reading out to to say here. So we'll see how that goes. Um, So the first thing it says, I thought we were here to get clean, right? Because we're talking about our primary purpose being to carry the message, and I thought we were here to get clean. That makes sense. I thought we were here to get clean. I thought that our primary purpose was to recover from drug addiction. For the individual, this is certainly true. Our members are here to find freedom from addiction and a new way of life. However, groups aren't addicted and don't recover. So that was interesting. Yeah. I don't I don't know what I think about that though, but I I guess I would say if I walked into my first meeting and somebody read the traditions and I was like, Our primary purpose is to carry the message, like that sounds like a cult, right? <laughs> like, shouldn't I be here to help me, not right. everybody else? Yeah, I can't remember. I I don't know that I cared at the moment. I probably didn't even hear half those readings. The traditions, (laughs) that sounded like that, like, corporate rule shit that I'd hear later. I'll figure that shit out. Yeah. I broke them all before I learned about them. Yeah, well, that's usually how you learn about them (laughs) is after you break them. Somebody that you like comes up and gives you a bunch of shit. (laughs) Does anybody do that anymore? I don't. I don't feel like I've followed people around telling Uh, them they broke a tradition. I mean, I will do it with people that I know if we're having a discussion, you know. I don't, like, run around like the N.A. police and try to correct people. or They used to call them N.A. Nazis. I don't know if you're allowed yeah, to say that anymore. Probably it's probably, yeah, probably should be N.A. police. But anyway, I don't really do that unless it's someone I really know. And in a, like, kind and loving way, usually, it'll come up in a conversation. I don't know. The more we talk about these traditions, I don't think anybody ever actually breaks them. I don't think they're (laughs) rules. If there is a way to break them. Right. So groups aren't addicted and don't recover. They don't need to find recovery. Groups need to carry the message. So as I guess as an individual, I that's not my primary purpose. My primary purpose is to recover. But then as at the group level. That's interesting. I think that distinction might come in handy at some point. Yeah. And I don't know if this will come up later, but I'll might be one of the I can't remember that exact reading but they also talk about uh we have a saying in NA that the only way we keep what we have is by giving it away mm-hmm. and I don't know that I agree with that 100% I know plenty of people that are clean and have recovery and don't specifically you know go out of their way to give it away I don't you know what I mean and they're still clean and the my point though was that is one thing I really liked about the AA reading is they have a similar saying in there but it's like seldom have we seen a member you know keep what they have by giving it away but it still gives that opening for it does happen you know <laughs> it's not this close ended you know thing some people luck out <laughs> yeah, at the right. lottery 
I, I don't know. See, I always debate that too because uh, that whole 12-step idea of if you leave NA, you're no longer working. You never really work the 12-step because you're not sticking around to give it away to people or whatever. But I, I think we can give it away in other places in our life. I agree. Right. I remember I there was a guy when I was uh, doing steam fitting and I happened to be working with a plumber that was in our union too. And he was like highly Christian and believed in this certain sect of christianity that was like a certain preacher from the 30s that, that really i don't know had this prophet sizing kind of ministry or whatever it was interesting right i listened to some of it i didn't dislike it but i didn't buy in so much either but he kind of you know we would have a lot of talks because we were working together and he would say like his only real goal was to carry that message to people and let them know and have it be heard and i was like well then why the hell are you a plumber right like shouldn't you be a preacher (laughs) (laughs) and he he said well how would all the plumbers hear about it if that was the case and i thought that made a good point right and so maybe the people that aren't technically going to na to give this stuff away anymore maybe there's somewhere else where other people that don't go to na need to hear about recovery from addiction yeah or people can become more open-minded to different ideas maybe again not to go down this road but Uh maybe aa i mean or na isn't like the perfect recovery for everyone all the time and you can go down a road of like hey i'm more open to whatever kind of maintenance program or this other kind of recovery that Mm. lets you smoke pot or Mm. take acid or psychedelics (laughs) so you know believe it but billy said it (laughs) Now, does that mean you're not giving it away or trying to help other people? I don't, you know, you can still help people in other ways than just giving them the Narcotics Anonymous message. Like, well, and what are that's they not keeping? the only message. <laughs> are they keeping clean time or are they keeping recovery? Those people that aren't here giving it away anymore. What what are they keeping? Maybe neither. I mean, <laughs> you know. I, I'm, yeah, I was meant for the select few that are that are still clean. Like, oh, are they really keeping recovery? Are they still, are they like angry, bitter people? Do they give I'm back sure there's to some society? Of both. You Not know, really. there's, there's the, of course, this, we all sort of knew the old dry drunk person that mm-hmm. hits a meeting every now and again when you see them, they're kind of miserable, you know. I mean, I know at least one or two of those people. Hmm. And... I, would I say they don't have recovery because they're not using anymore? Like, no. I mean, one of them was a guy that sponsored me for a long time, and he gave me a lot. Maybe, I, I don't know if he's keeping it or not. I really couldn't say. Hmm. I don't know. I guess this, for me in my life right now, it just comes back to the concept of I'm often called to teach what it is I need to learn better. That's where I'm at. And that's what I think of the whole giving it away to keep it. Like I'm constantly put in position to teach things to people or give them information that is the exact information that I need to be reminded of or strengthened in my understanding. When they're like, why do I have to hit a meeting? And then I got to explain why. And then I understand why better. (laughs) Right. Like, I don't know. I never thought about it. Let me figure this out real quick. (laughs) Yeah. Let me come up with a good answer. (laughs) All right. Next little quote. Uh, All our groups can do is plant the seed for recovery and bring addicts together so that the magic of empathy, honesty, caring, sharing, and service can do their work. The purpose of this tradition is to ensure that this atmosphere of recovery is maintained. So 
if your home group does not uh, bring addicts together to plant the seeds with the magic of empathy, honesty, caring, sharing, and service, then you're not following this tradition. <laughs> I, I don't know. I don't know how that works. I thought it was interesting. I've never, I don't even know if I've ever read that line. I swear I've read the basic text all the way through. Yeah. But that, I was like, really? Empathy, honesty, caring, sharing, and service, huh? What was interesting for me when I read that, having done this podcast now for a little while and and researching different ideas around addiction and what causes addiction and what helps people, it it definitely sparked that idea that people that are using drugs, for the most part, at least addictively, to the point of causing harm in their life, not people that use successfully, but people that typically... Yeah, whatever that means. <laughs> I want to see this. I hear people do it, yeah. Right. I, don't know, I don't know many. But uh, those people are typically, you know, suffering. They're they're in pain. They're hurting in either emotionally, physically, both. You know, And having this empathy and love and compassion towards those people is the most likely way to get them to start to love themselves and care about themselves and look for a new way. I mean, empathy has definitely been a process for me in recovery. I don't feel like the things I aspired to be early in my 12-step fellowship membership were necessarily empathetic. It was like, follow the rules, fuckers. Yeah, that's, and I was just thinking the same thing. Like, that's what I thought (laughs) early on. I was like, I just, I don't give a fuck who you are. You come in here, you quit getting high, you start doing this work, and you'll be fine. You know, and sit down and shut the fuck up. Right. And I don't, agree with that today no <laughs> like no i've i've baffled myself voting for things right. in group conscience <laughs> like uh we should really be more welcoming here guys <laughs> <laughs> what should we yeah yeah apparently we should that's what the tradition says be nice be kind we need to take out of the reading where it says if you use today you're not allowed to share <laughs> I, you know i have voted to have that in the reading yeah. and at this point in my life i would definitely take that shit out yeah. i don't care who you are just, well, that's come a, just from us talking about that stuff my opinion of that changed yeah you know it's like nope that is not carrying the message to the addict who still suffers right you know that guy's fucking suffering or else he wouldn't still be getting hot yeah Oh my God, though. And look, I, I tell you this in the in the podcast, right? And, and I tell you my mind has changed. And yet, I was at a meeting last night <laughs> and they said, does anybody have a burning desire? And some lady who has been around for a long time but doesn't have much clean time or recovery, uh, she speaks up and the first word's out of her mouth. This isn't a burning desire, but I wanted to say... <laughs> I'm like, <laughs> shut the fuck up. <laughs> Pull somebody up after the meeting. Like, why are you talking? And all that compassion and empathy was right out the window. Yeah. I was like, no, man, the meeting's over. Shut up. I don't want to hear your <laughs> bullshit about whatever. That's not a burning desire when they just ask for a burning desire. Yeah. But did you do anything with that? Or did you just- Yeah, I looked at my buddy and rolled my eyes. <laughs> Which was rude. Yeah. It was. I mean, but I still did it. And then I talked about her in the car. <laughs> And now you're taking ownership. I am. And I am. acknowledging sorry, a fault. Whatever your name was that didn't have a burning <laughs> desire but shared anyway. Right. Yeah, oh, there's still weird shit like that that bothers me in meetings <laughs> all the time. All right. Uh, the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. For the newcomers, this is how they found Narcotics Anonymous and learned to stay clean. 
For the members, this reaffirms their commitment to recovery. Therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. I mean, my personal experience with that has been pretty true. I know I feel like I've gained the most, I don't know what you want to call it, energy or momentum in my recovery when I have sponsees that are active and working and doing step work. Like that shit is contagious, you know? So as a, a member carrying the message to other people, you know, it's def- I personally have found it very motivational and inspiring. I'll agree with that. Like it's, it's you know, been quite a few times when uh, sharing a meeting and realizing I'm sharing that I haven't picked up a step in many, many months. And then I pick up a step, right? Like, or, or having a sponsor and be like, Hey, you should do these things. Then I'm like, Oh shit, I should probably do those things. So <laughs> I get that. I just think for a program that teaches us humility, it's awful bold to say that our method is without parallel. <laughs> it's a little much. And, and I've gotten a lot out of different relationships, whether that be therapy relationships when I was in therapy or you know, some other kind of ways, I don't know that I would say the therapeutic value of one addict helping another is without parallel. Hmm. And it's weird that you say that. I've always liked that saying a lot. I really do, because I think there is some relevance to it, you know. An addict can identify with another addict. We understand, you know, the traumas. We understand what it's like to use you know with all these consequences on the line whereas a lot of other people don't you know they just don't get it like why don't you just stop you know like that shit but at the same time my personal experience was that the person that sort of impacted or what i felt like at the time impacted or reached me the most was a counselor that was not an addict he was an Mm. earth person and yeah And I've never really thought of those two ideas conflicting before. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, I I think there is something to somebody being able to understand something real similar to what we went through, right? Nobody's got our direct exact experience, but somebody who's been through drug addiction understands what it's like to not be able to fight the urge to get one more, to do horrible things to people you love to get one more. Like, I do appreciate that. I just don't think in 2021 they're the only people that can understand and empathize with that. Like, I think other people also understand from their own struggles of in completely different ways, right? Well, and just to overanalyze the words a little bit, you know, does it does saying it's without parallel mean that something is better or worse? Or does it just mean you won't find something that's the same? You know, that's like saying if I go and sit down and, you know, talk to a professional counselor, you know, that's not the same as going and sitting down and talking to my buddy at the coffee shop. You know what I mean? Like there's... Is saying it's without parallel mean like you have to pay for the counseling and this is free? I don't know. I feel like... Yeah. And and I'm not saying it says it's better or worse, but I'm sitting here thinking like if I said this chair I'm sitting in is without parallel, to me that means there's no other fucking seats on earth. Like because another seat of any variety would be a parallel to this seat. Like it's hmm. very similar, right? It's running on the same lines. We're doing the same thing. Like, I don't know. Yeah. Let's not overanalyze. Yeah. Fuck that saying, though. <laughs> I'm never going to say that again. <laughs> I probably uh, will. Yeah. I, I, probably, <laughs> I just totally lied. I'm going to say it probably tonight. <laughs> uh, the group is the most powerful vehicle we have for carrying the message. I like this part. Um, 
when a member carries the message, he is somewhat bound by interpretation and personality. The problem with literature is language. The feelings, the intensity, and the strengths are sometimes lost. And I love that. I mean, I definitely felt some of the stories because they have stories in the basic text if you're not familiar with that. Uh, I won't call you Earth people because I was told not to by Recovery Cafe. (laughs) Um, But yeah, there's, there's stories in there. And I felt some of them, but I agree, like... There's something to somebody's experience. It's, and I honestly think it's something of what we do here, right? If we can put an analogy or a personal experience to a lesson, it just seems so much more easy to learn, I guess, or easy to understand or take in, right? We can relate to people more. And, and I feel like that's been true, but I, I have never once because I always... I'm one of those people, I probably flip-flop on this, but I'm like, the literature's the program, the meetings are just some fucking hangout spot, right? But then I've also been the person that, that you talked about, where I'm like, man, I, I want to take the readings out, but they might be the best thing we hear in this <laughs> meeting. <laughs> like, people are full of shit. They say some crazy stuff. So, I don't know, the group is the most powerful vehicle we have for carrying the message. That's hmm. That's a statement. Yeah. Yeah. But is that only because newcomers ain't going to pick the book up? <laughs> or is it because that's where they can come and see people actually living a program of recovery? I mean, you can read all the literature you want, but it's way easier to be like that's some, you know, that's someone else, that's someone different, that's, you know, that terminal uh uniqueness that addicts suffer from whereas for myself, I could come into meetings and hear people share and have pieces of things that I could identify with. Like I had people that I actually knew and used with that were in recovery when Mm -hmm. I came around because I used in this area that I got clean in. And so I could say like, yeah, that's a person that was similar to me because even the stories in the basic text, like you, you don't get a lot of history of like, so where did you grow up and what were your parents like? And are they even still married? You know, like you don't understand people's full history yeah and they were it was like i went to the only na meeting on earth or something right it was one of the i'm like really there was only one That's well it. now they got all new ones have you read all the new ones Fuck, in, the, in the sixth edition of the basic text they added all well i can't say all new stories they kept i want to say three of the old stories and added some new ones that have newer drugs and shit because the old stories didn't include <laughs> need newer drugs older drugs yeah <laughs> Don't tell anybody, but I didn't read the old stories. <laughs> I never thought they were cool. I didn't like the stories either. I was like, if I need a message, I'll go to a meeting. Where yeah. just well, like and maybe it was that because the speaker tapes, you know, I'm not going to date myself there right. even, but they used to have them on tapes, you know, or listening to speaker CDs was way more interesting to me. Billy had speaker A-tracks <laughs> back in the day. Speaker records. Um yeah, I don't I don't know, but I I think that's interesting. When a member ca- I don't like why does it say when a member carries a message uh, he's somewhat bound by interpretation and personality. I figure I feel like that's like contrary to what this whole paragraph is talking about. Huh. I guess it's just saying there are some limitations on the member carrying the message, but the literature's more limited. The individual member is going to have a limit. I mean, right. Like and I shared about this at an anniversary of someone the other day. I, 
I don't know why I like certain people or gravitate towards certain people. Mm. You know, I, I don't know why that is. It, but there are certain people or certain personalities or, or whatever that, you know, I, if you've been around meetings, you know, you just meet someone. You're like, hey, I really fucking like that person or other people you meet and just, you know, I don't, for me, it's I get a weird feeling. I'm like, I don't really like that person. I don't think that's a person I want to be around. And it's not always like the obvious, like. The guy talked about stealing from his job and raping women and, you know, killing babies. You know, sometimes they seem like nice enough people, but there's just something about them that is like, I am not interested. (laughs) Yeah, and I think I get into judgment there because it's not just that I'll say that. I'll look to see what the crowd says, too. And if the crowd agrees with me, I'm like, oh, it's definitely that person. (laughs) Instead of being like, there's just some people for me and there's just some people that aren't. Right. Because that's the reality of the way I understand the world. Yeah. And where I was going with that, I want to say is uh, it doesn't mean those people don't have something good to say or something to offer me. But I'm definitely going to be way more critical and way more judgmental of the guy that like. I'll give you something. I'm not going to say names, but I know some people that have lots of years of time that steal money from their home group, cheat on their wife, run around and from their home group. Well, they use the home group money to go out afterwards to go to dinner and eat and really like that. Yeah. That just seems over 20 years. Thinks that shit's okay. That just seems like selling your soul so cheaply. Fellowshipping. That's what the, that's what the justification is. I mean, I don't, I don't (laughs) agree with it. I, you know, whatever. Now we're going to go down a road. We are. So (laughs) here's the worst part. I'm like, ah, cheating on your wife, I get that. (laughs) (laughs) That makes sense. You know, you're getting something out of it, something big, right? You're selling your soul for like the 20 bucks of the home group money? (laughs) Like, that just seems so cheap. I'm going to sell my soul way higher. Like, if the home group money was buying a new car for me, fuck yeah, I get that. I understand that, right? At least you're selling high. But like, selling it for a hot dog? That's crazy. And I only know these things because a newer member had this person as a sponsor and then came to me and said, I think I need to get a new sponsor. And we started talking about why. And he started telling me these things. And then, but if you went to a meeting and heard the guy share, you'd think he walks on water and is, you know, the greatest thing. And he's heavily involved and sponsors a bunch of people because he shares fucking great very entertaining <laughs> you know, like, i don't know if and, i want you to tell me who this is afterwards yeah, or not <laughs> and it's that's where like so now anything that guy says when i'm around is fucking bullshit because because <laughs> like, i know how he lives you know and and you can come in and talk all kinds of good literature nonsense bullshit it, it seems like bullshit when it's coming right. from a guy that doesn't live that way and, right. and contradicts himself. Uh, we had some guys like around Baltimore that shared really well, but there was always, and, and I feel like this almost goes hand in hand. If you share well, you've got like this other demon. secret life, right? <laughs> but there were, they the would like, there were stories about how they shared really great, but then picked up prostitutes on the way home from the same meeting they shared I great. Some of them too. Some stuff <laughs> along those lines. And, I, you know, at some point it's like, uh, how much can I let that? And so this is what happens. The people who I have that weird feeling towards already, I'm like, yeah, fuck them. They're dirty bastards, right? <laughs> the people I genuinely like when I interact with them, I'm like, well, you know, we've all got our struggles. <laughs> <laughs> right. 
So I, I don't know. I don't know what to do with that. Yeah, it's hard. I mean, I, I still try to recognize that we all have heard demons and you know i got my shortcomings and shit that i do that i'm sure people be like what a fucking hypocrite that guy is like yeah, you know but i ain't spending the goddamn home <laughs> for a donut yeah i don't know so this this little piece the whole point about the group carrying the message and the literature being bound to me it just sounds like me with books like i won't make time to read books but i'll listen to audiobooks <laughs> <laughs> that's what that sounds like to me like you're not going to get somebody uh nodding out spilling their coffee reading the basic text but they might wake up long enough to hear part of the message in a meeting like I, just i don't know i mean i personally outside of fellowship stuff just think there's something way more powerful in individuals getting together in like face-to-face mm. one-on-one communication there's a level of intimacy and and hopefully intimacy vulnerability uh shared you know whatever emotional energy when you're interacting with someone face to face that's why i don't like the zoom meetings and mm. stuff you know i think all that's lost but anyway that's we're gonna have to do a a, a, meet, a meeting fucking episode on how to cultivate vulnerability in groups of men when they go out because mm. i feel like groups of men go out and, and and i do enjoy that right and and we have fun but sometimes it's like all right we're gonna talk about football right we know that the draft just happened we're gonna talk about that we're gonna talk about women we're gonna talk about like when can we it's very difficult to to bring up and so one-on-one it's easier right because then i can kind of like it's just me and that person but when there's like the group of two or three or four and i say something vulnerable that quickly gets turned into joke time right and it's like uh, how do we cultivate this like ability to be more in touch with these feelings Hmm. i don't know we'll do that episode one day yeah that'd be fun but uh, one last thing about this section and then we'll move on you mentioned just having that feeling of liking people or just not clicking so much with them even if they seem like nice enough people and that's one of the things that has helped me the most when i go to share is that i think it's in the 12th step in the step working guide maybe i don't know don't quote me on that it's definitely somewhere in there but it talks about each one of us has a one-of-a-kind personality that is sure to be an attraction to many and when i read that I was just comforted by it, right? Like, yeah, I'm not going to be everybody's cup of tea. But if I'm just me, there are people that need me to be just me. And that's exactly what they're going to get, right? And so I, it, I, it frees me up. I don't have to worry about, oh, did I sound profound enough? Did I do that? Like, I just go up there. I say the prayer. I be me. And that's enough. And that's, and it doesn't really do with this tradition. But since you brought up liking people and not liking people. Yeah. No, that's great. I like that. This episode has been brought to you in part by Voices of Hope, Inc., a nonprofit recovery organization made up of people in recovery, family members, and allies. Together, members strive to protect the dignity of those that use drugs and those in recovery by advocating for treatment, harm reduction and support resources, and mentoring. Please visit us at www.voicesofhopemaryland.org and consider donating to our calls. Um, okay, the next one. 
What would happen if our groups had another primary purpose? I've wondered this myself. <laughs> we feel our message would be diluted and then lost. If we concentrated on making money, many might get rich. If we were a social club, we're not. Uh, if we were a social club, we could find many friends and lovers. I I'm pretty sure we're a social I'm club. I'm pretty sure we're a social <laughs> club. <laughs> if we specialized in education, we'd end up with many smart addicts. If our specialty was medical help, many would get healthy. If our group purpose were anything other than to carry the message, many would die and few would find recovery. That's a big leap. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I'm not sure that's necessarily true. That's an awful big leap. Like, why couldn't we be healthy clean addicts or rich clean addicts or... I don't know. I just felt like, oh, if we did these other things, a whole lot of people will die. <laughs> right. Don't do it. Like, would they really? <laughs> yeah, that is a big leap. I agree. And I didn't, I read through it, you know, this morning and I didn't catch that. But when you just read it now, it was obvious, like, wow, really? <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure we're a social club. At least for 50% of the people that come in, we are definitely a social club. Yeah. I mean, I, I was definitely. No, no, I can't say that. I wasn't really trying to date in NA. At some point I was, but it's been a long point since then. I mean, that might not be our primary purpose, but we are definitely right. a social club. To say that we're not is, I mean, Christ, we tell people don't hang out with people that aren't in recovery. You know? yeah. When you come in, only hang out with people that are here, only come to our events. You know, <laughs> If you're fucking another addict and not working the steps, your primary purpose is definitely a social club. <laughs> you are not 50% there for the right. message. If you're coming and you don't have a sponsor, social club. <laughs> I don't know. I, I mean, I get it. I think we do need a primary purpose. I think it's good to keep in mind. I just don't know that you can't have a primary purpose and then also some secondary ones. Yeah. It doesn't say it's the only purpose. Right. It says primary, yeah. which means our most important. Yeah, so why can't we have a primary purpose? And then, oh, hey, as a secondary purpose, we'd also like to be a social club where you can meet friends and lovers. That's interesting, though, because I would say, I mean, that line you just read says we're not. I mean, our primary purpose, the way that it reads in this tradition, makes it sound like our only purpose, not just our primary purpose. It does I mean, to the some way. Extent. Yeah, the way I understand this is it's not just the primary. It's our only purpose. And, in fact, other purposes, even secondary or uh, and, is yeah. it thirdary? I don't tertiary. know. Tertiary. <laughs> tertiary. <laughs> that, that those would divert us and millions would die or whatever. Right. <laughs> Everyone will be thrown <laughs> into the pits of hell. I, I don't know, man. I'm a little jealous now. I feel like NA should have had a secondary purpose of getting rich. Then I could have stayed clean and <laughs> yeah, got rich, right. right? Why couldn't we do both? Yeah. Man. Oh, yeah. If we had a secondary purpose of wealth, that would be great. Right. Education. Free. Yeah. Wealth, education, and health. I, I could have really lived it up and still been clean with the primary purpose. Yeah, I don't know. That's interesting. It does make it sound like it's the only purpose. Yeah. Shame on you, N.A. But eh, it's a good purpose. Yeah. I mean, for, for what it what it does for the fellowship. I mean, it keeps gives us goalposts. Gives us, you know, a lane to stay in. Are we kicking field goals? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So the last little piece, and we kind of already covered this. What is our message? The message is that an addict, any addict, can stop using drugs, lose the desire to use, and find a new way to live. Our message is hope, and 
the promise of freedom, which gets twisted around so many different ways for convention topics. <laughs> yeah. And then I start to think, all right, well, it says stop using drugs. Does it just mean illegal drugs or all drugs? What does that mean? Right. Like, obviously, we don't want to tell people to stop taking psychiatric medication from a doctor. Is caffeine a drug? Yeah. Because I, I don't want to stop that. I don't want to find a new way to live uh, without I coffee. just had a coffee now, so yeah. I'm... Guess about fifteen minutes <laughs> <Yeah>. out. <laughs> so, and that's interesting, right? And and I kind of heard you upstairs talking with Bud a few minutes ago, and I was like, "We can't use Suboxone in NA to treat addiction. Like that's the distinction, right? Suboxone treats that addiction. seems to be this distinction. Yes. But I mean, my belief is generally that we use as a coping mechanism to life, right? It's a reaction to life in order to cope and stay alive. And if we don't use, we're probably going to end up committing suicide because it's just too much to deal with. Like, drugs are our escape, and they're a powerful one. So if that's the case, and we were escaping depression or anxiety, then wouldn't treating those with medicine just be the exact same thing as treating addiction? Because that's why we were using. So I think we feel like sometimes multiple things can't be true at the same time. And I would say they can. So mm. my answer to your question would be yes, 100%. And, and even nowadays with medical marijuana, do I think that's incredibly beneficial for certain people with certain, you know, anxiety disorders and, and things like that versus being on like SSRIs and antidepressants? 100%. I think you know, that's definitely a better avenue just in what little bit of research I've done and what little bit I know about it. Does that mean that N.A. is the place that they should come? No, in my opinion. Mm. You know, that that those two things can exist at the same time. Yes, that's fine if that's what they need and that's what they, you know, feel works best for them, that's great. I have no judgment against that. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I think it's wonderful. If they find what's going to give them the best quality of life, the best health, what's best for them in their recovery, kudos. I will do nothing but support you. But does that mean I think the fellowship should begin to change its beliefs or, or, or start to change, you know, what it is to accommodate everyone? And my answer would be no. And see, I, I'm thinking I almost, and I don't have this well thought out, but I almost think I disagree. Like if this was 1982 and there was seven meetings in the Baltimore area per week, and that was the extent of NA, and we had the opportunity to grow a more fully encompassing fellowship first and then na could be like an offshoot somewhere for people that specifically wanted to do it that way but the actual recovery community met in a different place a social club probably <laughs> that, that works great that works great right as it is it's 2021 and na by de facto of how successful it was or, or how it was the only thing and treatment centers pushed people there for years and years and years has become the fucking hub whether it wanted to be or not it didn't ask for it it asked for success that's the pyramid scheme aspect of it <laughs> and it got that but in getting that it got this expansion into becoming the recovery hub and so 
there's like two options. Either NA shrinks back to this little tiny thing and goes off into its corner like like a smart recovery or recovery dharma and something else bigger takes its place to be the recovery hub, whether that's recovery cafe or, you know, some other recovery sort of anonymous, whatever the fuck we come up with, right? <laughs> Our own fellowship. Or NA's got to fucking change to keep up with what it has become. The fellowship has become something different. The fellowship is just everybody in recovery goes there to meet other people in recovery. But would you share that same opinion of AA? Do they have that same problem? Well, you're, ex- I mean, they say specifically they deal with alcohol. So, but they don't. Everybody in AA takes pills, snorts coke. Not now, but I'm just saying that that was all part of the. At this point in time, in 2021, there, I don't think there's many pure alcoholics out there. I'm sure there's some, not many. I would say the people that go to that fellowship would disagree. <laughs> you think so? Yes. Somebody from AA reach out, yeah. tell Billy he's wrong. Yeah. We we need some AA influence. I don't think so. Input. I think most of them know they are not purely alcoholics anymore. I think hmm. they understand that. They just stick with that program. Honestly, the only reason I think people go to AA now, because I know heroin people who go to AA, like strictly heroin, go to AA. Is because they think that program has a different demographic than NA. And they're right. Yeah. But do they call themselves alcoholics? They do. Do they feel like they're okay to freely talk about their heroin use? Maybe not in a meeting. Right. But with their sponsor. It's like the understood elephant in the room that, you know, we talk about alcohol in the meeting. Some meetings, some meetings are more open. But generally, we know everybody did yeah, something. Yeah, but I don't think if someone alcohol. came in here and said they were clean and and worked steps and talked about recovery, and didn't share that they were on maintenance marijuana prescribed by a doctor, that it would come up. It would be the same thing. You know what I mean? It only comes up when people make it public opinion or make mm. it part of their sharing and open discussion on recovery. I mean, we had a guy for years and years came around to meetings, had a, I mean, he was here for sex addiction, really. He had a sex addiction and it didn't even ever did drugs. wasn't even about drugs, right? but there was no sex addicts, anonymous meetings around here. So we came to NA and everybody kind of knew it. He, I mean, he, if you talk to him privately one-on-one with a few people, he, talked about but when he shared in meetings and talked you would never know you know he he used the right language he talked about it in the right you know context it's gotta be hard for one he must be really smart oh yeah he's an amazing guy actually so i and and not so much for that guy but going back to your statement of in na if you just don't talk about your your marijuana medically or your uh, well, you could say I'm on medication different. prescribed by a doctor. Yeah, but I, I, I still think I'm it's a little different. Versus I'm smoking weed every night. <laughs> okay, so the guy in AA who knows he shot heroin also, or only, right? No, he doesn't walk into that meeting thinking, I'm keeping a secret because if they find out, I won't be accepted. He's saying, everybody in this motherfucking meeting knows I I would disagree with that a lot. I've been to meetings where they've told people, you're not allowed to talk about drugs and drug use. Right. That that's not what we are. No, I got you. But I'm saying he's not walking into that meeting thinking he wouldn't be accepted over that information. Like, if he went out in the parking lot and told everybody after the meeting, like after the meeting's over, like, yeah, yeah, I also use some heroin. Nobody's going to be like, oh, you don't fucking belong here that, you know, If, if he said, 
Do you understand? Like the the guy in NA. I who, understand, but I think that's why NA exists in the first place because that's what those people that came and talked about drugs were told, that this is not the place for you and you need to go find a new place. And we'll even help you start it. You know what I mean? We'll we'll let you use our traditions and shit, but you come in here sharing about your drugs and your drug use and that lifestyle is not what we're about. Well, So we started a whole new fellowship. They're not sharing about it in there. So the alcoholic who also snorted coke, but he's asked not to talk about the coke in the meeting. He's not unaccepted over that is unaccepted a word i don't know he's not he's not shamed in the parking lot because he says oh yeah yeah yeah. i did some lines while i was getting drunk too nobody gives a fuck they're like yeah we did lines too that's great buddy if you got in the parking lot of an na meeting and say oh yeah i'm on medical marijuana no that's the elephant in the room that's that's judgmental and shameful for you so yeah yes there's definitely some blurry lines there i would say in that marijuana is a tough one because up until what four or five years ago that was a street drug that everyone used that wasn't was the gateway typically drug. prescribed by uh, right and everybody smoked weed and it was illegal you know it wasn't a legal drug so that one's a little weird because like my whole experience using it and everyone i ever used it with it was always assimilated with illegal drug use. Um, so now it's, and I know it's wrong, but in my head, it's fucking comedic when people say they're on maintenance marijuana. It's like, you're just getting high. <laughs> like, and I know that's wrong. Like, I, intellectually, I know that that's wrong. But when someone says it, that's my impulse is to go, you're just fucking smoking weed. Like, that's all you're doing. And I am working to change that in myself i'm i'm trying to you know even though that's my first thought i recognize that's not necessarily true and like say i've spent some time researching it and looking into a lot of it and the benefits and what it should and shouldn't be used for what if they don't pain management marijuana is not for pain management people that tell you that that's Mm -hmm. kind of a lie there's no actual evidence but whatever you know there's certain things that it has benefits for but in my head you just like to smoke weed what if they don't smoke it then you just like it for the psychedelic aspects of eating it. <laughs> what if they don't eat it? They use the tincture or whatever. I don't think I even know what that is. Yeah, there's like uh, ointments or creams or I don't know what the fuck it is, but like you just, I don't, I don't even know. I don't know if you put it in your mouth, if you put it in yeah, your skin. I, don't I really know, don't I don't know. know enough about all the using ways. But, but apparently, but, yeah, apparently I've I met somebody who used like such a minuscule amount and it was the tincture. It's a fancy mm-hmm. word. It's like from the 1840s. When they but in any to... case, the the weed thing or, or marijuana thing, THC, whatever, Cannabis. is a little bit tougher. Like if if you went and said, "Oh, I'm on," uh, you know, I know it's some what's a psychiatric medication like Valium. You know, oh, I go to a Xanax. I've yeah, Xanax. I'm on Xanax. You know, prescribed by my psychiatrist because I have you know, anxiety disorder or something. Yeah. You kind of go, huh, okay. You know, I get it. I'm not really going to tell you. I, me, that's what I would say. If you're taking it as prescribed by your doctor, I'm going to tell someone to stop. I'm not going to tell anybody to stop, but I am way more sketchy about the guy who says he's got a prescription for Xanax than I am the one who says he's on medical marijuana. Well, what I'm I like, mean oh, is- Oh, you're getting high, buddy. Which, Xanax? Oh, would yeah. you tell that person they don't belong in NA or that they shouldn't be here or that- Now? I'm not telling anybody anything. I'm like, <laughs> fuck yeah, come in. 
We're changing this bitch. <laughs> Would you sponsor them and work steps with them? Yep. Yeah. Sure. I don't. The fuck do I care? And see, I probably would too. Like again, if it's prescribed by a doctor, now would I tell them they're probably gonna have some resistance? You know, they're gonna they're gonna meet people with some pretty strong opinions about that. Probably. Hmm. You know, I just think that's gonna happen. But back to the AA thing, I could tell you that fellowship is the same. It, they're gonna have a varying degree of people whereas some are going to tell you our first step says alcohol we're about alcohol that's all we're about and then you're going to have some other people who are way more open-minded and say no i did everything and this applies to all these areas and you know obviously to me the latter is way more appealing that's the person i want to be today in my recovery in na i want to be a person that's more open-minded and more welcoming to people that are on you know medically prescribed medications, whatever they are, you know, because I think in our, and again, in our research with traditions and literature and all this stuff, I, I believe that's what the fellowship wants to be. I have no reason to believe it this way. (laughs) (laughs) So we need to find out from AA people. Yeah. I think your version of the people who are strictly alcohol versus the other side is like 10 to 90 at this point. I think most of their fellowship understands they are not just there for alcohol and they're just in AA because it's the only fellowship around or because they have a different type of person, at least in their minds. I don't think there's a whole lot of them people that you talk about that used to be there when we got clean. I really, I I don't know. I'm making that shit up. It's just the thought (laughs) in my head. And so, well, yeah. And I I can't, now I'm going to ask you to... In your made-up version in your head, is there another made-up? <laughs> because like, no, there's people I, yeah, online who talk about their their right. why they go to AA, and I've interacted with some of them, and yeah. all of them. And most of my experience with AA is 20 years plus ago. I mean, right. I went to both fellowships in the beginning of, I was probably 17, 18. I felt way more comfortable in NA. I had people, you know, say the things, not in any, and no one ever attacked me, but. If you talk about drug use, people would say we're alcoholics. You know what I mean? They have these NA meetings, stuff like that. Um, I've also traveled around the country and went to meetings in different areas and had different experiences of like there's been areas we've been to where NA almost doesn't even exist. Right. You know, it's almost non-existent. So you don't to say, think all the addicts go to the AA? <laughs> They're all there saying alcoholic. Right. But. Does that mean they're allowed to smoke weed and drink and, I no. mean, smoke weed or no, no, use no. other drugs? or Probably not. You know. Let's go to some AA Because I've also heard that about AA, too, that you can do other drugs. Oh, yeah, California sober. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Which I don't know if that's, you know. I yeah. Can't. And I'm sure it's just like NA. I mean, everybody, every fellowship is made up of such a varying degree of people. You're never going to find like the average i mean there's probably an average but i mean there's always going to be outliers on either side of let's go to some aa means billy okay i would go i would do it i would probably be miserable while i was there but i'll do it <laughs> <laughs> all right so real quick uh run out of time here how would you take this tradition outside of a 12-step program so uh if you had a primary purpose what's the primary purpose in your life like, not for the group of NA. What's your primary purpose? 
Yeah, I uh, should have thought about this before I asked. I don't yeah, know. And I have thought about this at different times. I mean, I would say for me, it's to try to go through my life and be a loving, caring, compassionate person. Mm. Like that's that's probably my primary purpose, whether that's with my kids, whether that's with, you know, people I interact with at work or, or whatever, just to try to be a loving, kind, and compassionate person. Ooh, so I, I think what I want my purpose to be is to find an inner peace that allows me to be true to my most true version of my inner self. I don't think that actually is my primary purpose, though, <laughs> because I honestly think that I will buck my own inner truth when it doesn't look good on the outside, right? Like if my inner truth is fuck my family today, I want to go do what I want to do. I don't want to, I don't want to honor that. Like I don't, there's times I don't want to accept the not so pretty parts of me. So, but my, my primary purpose, I think I would like it to be just to accept me perfectly, right? Oh, I want to be a douchebag today. Cool. Whatever. Like, that's just where I'm at. I got to be here to learn from it, I guess. I don't know. So I think my purpose is probably more like yours. Like, I want to live in harmony and give back and, you know, be a, understand that I'm, I'm not just one person. Like, the whole of society is the one person that I'm acting, you know, when I decide what I'm doing in life, I want it to affect everyone well, not just me. Does anyone, anyone, anywhere have a clue what in the world I was trying to say here. Because I have no idea. All that grand, lovely yeah, I wish I thought that deep. I mean, for me, it's mostly going through my day and like, oh, here's an opportunity to hold the door open for this old lady. You know, like, oh, you know. Somebody asked me, the, the neighbor's over there shoveling a hole. I'm not doing anything. Maybe I could go give him a hand. It's more simple like that. That's exactly why I'm I need mental health I'm not trying to shave treatment. the fucking world I'm not, or save the world. <laughs> shave the world. Yeah, let's shave the world. I'm not trying to save the world or, or do any grand, you know. Right. Uh, yeah. Change the trajectory of the United States. You know? So what would the primary purpose of your family be? Is there a united primary purpose? I was gonna say I don't think we have a Ooh. primary purpose as a family. I mean, I would say huh. Yeah. I yeah, like I don't think should. we do. I don't think we do either, but I, I feel like we, we should. Do. I feel like there should be a primary purpose. What's the primary yeah. purpose of our community? Cecil County. Oh, I would say there's not a primary purpose of the community. Well, this is the fucking problem in the world then. Yeah. <laughs> our families don't have a primary purpose. Our county doesn't. Does the United States have a primary purpose? Well, do we should we have a primary purpose? I mean, I would think live in harmony, love and respect all, something. That Could is typically, hurt? I mean, you get into the politics thing, that is typically what I think people mean when they talk about, you know, American values and these these old-fashioned American values and in getting getting back to what the US used to be or whatever all oh, that bullshit what they're really talking and it's a beautiful sentiment i just think most people say those words with zero meaning behind it or even i should say more of an understanding of the meaning of what that is right and i would say that is what you know when we talk about 
the best parts of American values, it is the unity of purpose and the looking at the bigger picture versus our individual selves. Because for me, that's how this tradition kind of plays out. It's like, all right, I have my individual wants, needs, desires, all that stuff that I work on and learn about through the 12 steps and live in a spiritual life. But then I also have a responsibility or obligation to the group or which depends on what the group is. Maybe the group is my family. Maybe the group is, you know, the the school that my kids go to and interacting with that. Maybe the group is my work. And at each of those areas, the primary purpose might be different than what my individual purpose is. You know, at work, our primary purpose is to make money. I mean, that's we're a business. We're there to make money. Now, it doesn't throw all our other values out the window in order to make money. But what I'm saying is that the primary purpose at my job is not my primary purpose as an individual. What would happen if the primary purpose at your job changed from general to make money to we want to make enough money to pay everybody what they're worth? The end. Like, we don't really want to make more than that. What would happen? I feel like every company needs to do that. Yeah. I mean, I always like the profit sharing ideas better, but the the hard part with worth and stuff is like, how do you, who determines what your worth is? Mm. Who determines your value? And is it just what you need to live? And then if it's just really what you need to live, then live at what level of comfort, <laughs> you know? Okay. And so, yeah, so that stuff gets tricky so, for me. So take worth out real quick. Yeah. We just, our company's new primary purpose is we want to make enough money to pay everybody what they're making now and give them a raise each year. What would happen? Would you guys make less money? Would you charge less for services? Uh, I don't know. Hmm. I mean, would you just donate the excess? I think you're asking me if it was up to me what we would do. Probably donate or do a lot of charity work. I mean, that's what I would do. It's not my business, though, so I don't get to make that choice. Right. <laughs> but, I mean, just because that's more in alignment with my values of, of being a compassionate person and helping people that I can and, you know, maybe do one of those things like a restaurant does. Like, hey, we're going to come in and do a service. You just pay us what you can or what you think it's worth. You know, we're going to come fix your shit. It's broke. We're going to come fix it. Pay us what you can or pay us what you think it's worth. I don't wow. know if you've heard there's some restaurants that do that kind of thing. and Wow. You know. Yeah. That's really interesting. Yeah. I wonder what I'd pay. Hmm. And, uh, I mean, according to the, the models of that kind of stuff, most places do very well because people that really enjoy it will actually pay more, you know, for the, the quality, yeah. and then people that can't afford it go there and eat and will support you. And what we find out about society most of the time is most people want to be honest and do the right things, even though that's what, you know, it doesn't seem to be the popular opinion. The truth is, it's just like working from home. What they found out when all these people started working from home, they're like, oh, shit, people actually work and more right. shit gets done. Imagine that. We never thought that would happen. Right. Like, yeah, because most people aren't shitty assholes. You know, they <laughs> exist. I mean, I'm not saying they don't, but most Do people, yeah, <laughs> really? most people want to be decent human beings. But in any case. Yeah, this tradition for me, more in my personal life, because this one was harder to actually say, how does this apply in my personal life versus, you know, the fellowship? 
And for me, it had more to do with looking at, I need to look at my individual role in groups outside of my own individual needs and mm. benefits all the time. That, you know, the, the purpose, when I go out and get involved in other things, the purpose isn't always about me. Um, I can still, like right now, just what's going on in my life with, you know, Little League. Like, I, got, I help coach Little League, and it's a volunteer thing. You volunteer to help. I find myself engaging more with certain kids and not engaging with certain other kids because they're shitty or they're assholes or they have, I'll say, bad parents because that's who makes bad kids, I think. Ooh, <laughs> but, wow. But, uh, no. Shots it, fired. Yes. There's just certain kids that I tend to, same as people. I just get along with them better. We interact better. The right. communication's better. And so I'll interact and give more information to them. There's other kids that act like they don't give a crap what you have to say or they don't want to listen to you or they just blow you off and are disrespectful. So I don't interact wow. with them. And I don't know if that's the best way to go about that. You know, mm. But that's a struggle. Like I try to remember, like I'm here to help these kids and try and be a mentor. And so I will on certain days, not every day, but on certain days, I'll try to push myself to engage a little bit more with some of those kids that I don't get along with so well or that I think are struggling in certain areas. Right. So there you go. I, I guess the point of this is uh, evaluate the purpose of the groups you are in in your life and see if you are living up to that, right? Are you just in certain groups in your life to get something out of it? Like, is it just for you or are you there to try to contribute to the group's purpose? And and if you don't like the group's purpose, then why are you a member of that group, right? Maybe switch some groups up around. Uh, that could be an interesting an interesting thing to do. Like, I, I'm not sure all the groups I participate in believe in something I like. And focusing on what what do I have to give or what do I have to bring to this group, not so much what is this group doing for me and what am I getting out of it. Right. Like my, my primary focus focus my <laughs> primary focus should be giving back or, or putting into the group not taking away from yeah and then maybe realizing that putting into the group will actually give me the thing i wanted in the first place out of it yeah <laughs> all right got anything else no cool tradition five is done see y'all next week Did you like this episode? Share it with people you think might get something out of it. Check out the rest of our episodes at recoverysortof.com. Also, while you're there, you can find ways to link up with us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, YouTube, anything. We're always looking for new ideas. Got an idea you want us to look into? Reach out to us. <laughs>